everyone, and welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, a podcast where our goal is to read the entire Bible in a year, seeking to understand God's plan of redemption while discovering daily and practically your part in it. Hey everybody, welcome back. Today we're looking at 1 Kings 8 and 2 Chronicles 5. Uh, kind of the main thing is that the temple has now been completed by Solomon, and because the temple has been completed, um, there's they have to bring the ark to the temple, and then there's this grand dedication. Uh, God's presence falls on the temple in the Holy of Holies. Um, they have a huge party. There's a lot of worship. There's a lot of proclamation. There's a lot of harps and strings and lyres and priests. Oh, and also a lot of sacrifices. Like mm. we're talking like hundreds of thousands of dead stuff. Um, so Thanks. it was. It's a. <laughs> it's a pretty grand spectacle. Uh, there's a lot going on. And we're kind of entering into a new phase of worship of the Lord within biblical history. It's kind of interesting, kind of exciting. Yeah, so I guess my, some of the things that I just picked out as interesting, I suppose, um, I was just reading in our study Bible footnotes that for this this chapter and continuing on to tomorrow's chapter as well, um, Chronicles, it, it says that the Chronicler's account of the dedication of the temple is much longer than his description of the construction because he was more concerned about the meaning of the mm. temple than its physical structure. So I think that's actually kind of interesting. Like, oh, whenever I think of Chronicles, I think of like very detailed, like here's the numbers, here's the facts, here you go. Uh, but in these chapters, it's much more concerned about like the meanings of things um, and and more of that significance than its actual, like, physical significance. Um, so something that's kind of cool, I guess, um, is that, like, the certain things that they're bringing back into the temple, like, we haven't really seen some of or heard some of these or of these things for quite some time. Um, so the Ark is coming back in. And it, what's interesting is they're like, oh, the, the temple is so huge. It's so grand, like we had read in previous chapters. Um, but it talked about how the, the poles that were holding the Ark were actually too long. And they actually stuck out into the holy place, not just in the most holy place, which is terrifying to me. Because from what we know before, if you touch anything you're not supposed to be touching, you just fall over dead. So if I was one of those people, I'd be like probably freaking out a little bit. And also... Kind of surprised that this huge place can't even hold this tiny little thing. <laughs> I don't like, think it's necessarily a, a tiny little thing. Yeah, but um, and it's I think supposed the, to be so big. They didn't the have that problem are before. Quite large. Um, it is interesting that when they when they brought the ark when they transported it, uh, they did it the right way. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. So I think that there there could be there just a reminder of what had happened to Uzzah. Uh, when David had them move the ark on a cart that was pulled by like, like oxen, I think um, this time the Levites are making sure that they carry this thing correctly, uh, even though they have a little bit of a distance to carry it. The other interesting thing um, that's kind of like a, a whole Bible interesting kind of thing is that when they bring the ark of the covenant into the temple, um, inside the ark of the covenant, it's actually called out in the text is the 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 tablets of the testimony mm -hmm. that is the 10 commandments that God had put the law on when he gave it to Moses. Right. And so we have in this story, um, an item from all the way back in Moses day. We have the 10 commandments from Moses inside the Ark of the covenant, 
that was created all the way back in Moses' day, carried into this enormous temple uh, that Solomon has now finished creating. Mm -hmm. uh, it's kind of like this full circle thing of like God's promises. Yeah. And, and none of those people along the line, I don't think, could have understood or could have known what this was going to look like when it finally occurred. So you have now like God had dwelled in this goofy, tiny little tent. Mm -hmm. um, now he has officially moved into this enormous temple um, that is just incredible on all sides. And there's this huge celebration uh, to celebrate the fact that the Lord now has a dwelling place in Jerusalem. Well, and something that's interesting about that, you kind of mentioned this when you opened the episode, is that the amount of sacrifices that were made as they were dedicating the temple was like astronomical. Yeah. So it's funny because again, like we were talking earlier, I usually think of Chronicles as being the one that has like straight up numbers <laughs> in this chapter in Chronicles in chapter five, it literally just said there were so many that couldn't be numbered. Um, in contrast, if you look in first Kings where Ryan was reading today, uh, it actually numbered out the amount of what was it like goats, rams? I'm trying to find it back. Twenty two thousand oxen and one hundred and twenty thousand sheep. Okay, so like ridiculous amounts of uh, sacrifices. But what I can kind of like gather from that, and it's I don't know if this is even a, like a correct assumption or anything, but I know that in like my own church history or experience when there is something to be celebrated and you've got all the old ladies coming and bringing their casseroles <laughs> and their things like there are like even just like celebrating like fellowship time together there's like this cool feeling of just like gathering together sharing a meal together and like just celebrating the body of the church like i can't even imagine what this was like for these hundreds of thousands of israelites and these hundreds of thousands of sacrifices to finally like mark this moment of like here it is god here's the space that we have been wanting to have for you for so so long like that must have been just like a really cool community like awesome feeling i guess you know what i mean yeah, it's definitely like a grand scale kind of thing that people are all together celebrating the Lord and what he's done. Mm -hmm. They are enjoying peace on all sides. Yeah. So the, the warring crazy times have passed. They can now just rest in uh, God's presence. And it is, it's, it's, it's like a great time of celebration, mm -hmm. celebrating what God has done. There's another kind of interesting foreshadowing that goes on here in chapter eight. In verse 22, uh, the heading is Solomon's prayer of dedication. Solomon stands before the altar of the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly of Israel and spread out his hands toward heaven. And he kind of gives this long speech um, that basically covers that the people, when they obey the Lord, will do well. When they disobey the Lord, they should pray towards God in the temple and God will hear their prayers and will forgive them. And at one point he talks about um, if your people are carried away into exile, it's in verse 46. If they sin against you, for there is no one who does not sin, and you are angry with them and give them to an enemy so that they are carried away captive to the land of the enemy, far off or near. Yet if they turn their heart in the land to which they have been carried captive and repent and plead with you in the land of their captors uh, and plead with you, saying, We have sinned and have acted perversely and wickedly. If they repent with all their heart and with all their soul in the land of their ca enemies who carried them into captivity... Man, I'm having a hard time reading it. 
uh, and pray to you in their land, which you gave to their fathers, the city that you have chosen, the house that I've built for your name, then here in heaven, your dwelling place, their prayer and their plea and maintain their cause. This is going to happen. Um, the people are going to be carried away into exile and we will see, I think lots of Israelites doing this, but Daniel specifically, uh, Daniel is going to be doing this. This is actually why Daniel is thrown into the lion's den, because when he is taken away into captivity into Babylon, he prays three times a day facing the temple. Um, you can you can see that in the text, um, mm-hmm. asking the Lord to allow his people to return. So Daniel is aware of what Solomon had said, I think, yeah. um, and he practices what Solomon had said, and ultimately God hears those prayers and allows his people to return, um, and Solomon would not have known that or anticipated that. Yeah, it is interesting that that whole chunk of scripture from 1 Kings eight twenty two. To let's see, 53. Brian read a good chunk of it, but it is all just like, um, I guess like warning signs in many different ways. Um, if you sin against your neighbor, if you're the people of Israel are defeated and the land is taken, or if you are carried away as captive. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's actually not even just being captive, it's like several things mm-hmm. that will more than likely <laughs> rear its ugly head as we continue mm-hmm. to read. So like this great time of excitement. And it is kind of interesting if you think about people just in general, when life is great, you hear those kinds of warnings. And it's like, oh, yeah, sure, whatever. That's that's awesome. This is a great time for us. Let's not spoil it with that. Um, so I think those things are like easily forgettable in times like this. And they will, like we were saying, just kind of rear their ugly heads in the future. Uh, as we continue the story of the Israelites. So, interesting. So, the temple has been dedicated. Uh, The Lord's presence has filled it. It feels very similar to when the Lord's presence filled the tabernacle. And it was just kind of this incredible experience. So, the really great thing, I think, for today, um, this is another day where it could be kind of hard to come up with your part, but I think what is interesting is that we believe that we carry the presence of the Lord with us. Mm -hmm. So we don't need a giant cloud of smoke to fill our churches. Uh, We don't need a giant. (laughs) (laughs) However, we sometimes do. (laughs) No no offense to the smoke machines at your churches. Um, We we just don't need all these things because the, the presence of the Lord is in us now today. We are a temple of the Holy Spirit. Um, So we're like in a whole new phase of Christian history that is pretty incredible. Um, So I think remind yourself today of the fact that God's presence is in you. Mm -hmm. Um, Take time to worship the Lord. Take time to communicate with the Lord. Talk to the Lord. Um, If if you're lost in sin, (laughs) which, you know, that that would not be that's not great. Um, Pray to God, just like Solomon says. Solomon says over and over and over again, if if they sin this way. They can pray to you. They can repent. They can be forgiven. Those things remain to be true. We don't need to pray toward the temple because the temple's not there anymore. Um, but God continues to be gracious and merciful to those who are lost in sin. And when they repent for their sin, he forgives them. So we'll be back tomorrow, guys. We'll be back in Chronicles and then a little bit of Psalms. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks so much for listening to our take today. Before we get into the reading, if we could just ask you one thing. Uh, If you've been enjoying the podcast, if you could subscribe to us and then leave a rating and review, we'd love to hear from you. And every rating we get helps us reach more people. Ultimately, we're just trying to reach people with the truth of God's word and your review will help us do that. So thanks so much for being invested in the podcast. Here's the reading for today. First Kings chapter eight. 
Then Solomon assembled the elders of Israel and the heads of the tribes, the leaders of the fathers' houses of the people of Israel, before King Solomon in Jerusalem, to bring up the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord out of the city of David, which is Zion. And all the men of Israel assembled to King Solomon at the feast in the month of Ethanim, which is in the seventh month. And all the elders of Israel came, and the priests took up the ark, and they brought up the ark of the Lord, the tent out of the tent of meeting, and all the holy vessels that were in the tent. The priests and the Levites brought them up. And King Solomon and all the congregation of Israel who had assembled before him were with him before the ark, sacrificing so many sheep and oxen that they could not be counted or numbered. Then the priests brought the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord to its place in the inner sanctuary of the house, in the most holy place, underneath the wings of the cherubim. For the cherubim spread out their wings over the place of the Ark, so that the cherubim overshadowed the Ark and its poles. And the poles were so long that the ends of the poles were seen from the holy place before the inner sanctuary, but they could not be seen from outside. And, they, and there they are to this day. There was nothing in the ark except these two tablets of stone that Moses put there at Horeb, where the Lord made a covenant with the people of Israel when they came out of the land of Egypt. And when the priests came out of the holy place, a cloud filled the house of the Lord, so that the priests could not stand to minister because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. Then Solomon said, The Lord has said that he would dwell in thick darkness. I have indeed built you an exalted house, a place for you to dwell in forever. Then the king turned around and blessed all the assembly of Israel, while all the assembly of Israel stood. And he said, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who with his hand has fulfilled what he promised with his mouth to David, my father, saying, Since the day that I brought my people of Israel out of Egypt, I chose the city out of all the tribes of Israel in which to build a house, that my name might be there. But I chose David to be over my people Israel. Now it was in the heart of David my father to build a house for the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. But the Lord said to David my father, Whereas it was in your heart to build a house for my name, you did well that it was in your heart. Nevertheless, you shall not build the house, but your son who shall be born to you shall build the house for my name. Now the Lord has fulfilled his promise that he made. For I have risen in the place of David my father, and sit on the throne of Israel. As the Lord promised, and I have built the house of the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. And there I have provided a place for the ark, in which the covenant of the Lord that he made with our fathers, when he brought them out of the land of Egypt. Then Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in the presence of all the assembly of Israel, and spread out his hands towards heaven, and said, O Lord, O God of Israel, there is no God like you, in heaven above or in earth beneath keeping covenant and showing steadfast love to your servants who walk before you with their heart. You have kept with your servant David my father what you declared to him. You spoke with your mouth and with your hand have fulfilled it this day. Now therefore, O Lord God of Israel, keep for your servant David my father what you have promised him, saying, You shall not lack a man to sit before me on the throne of Israel, if only your sons pay close attention to their way to walk before me, as you have walked before me. Now therefore, O God of Israel, let your word be confirmed, which you have spoken to your servant David my father. But will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, heaven and the highest heaven cannot contain you, how much less this house that I have built. Yet have regard to the prayer of your servant and to his plea, O Lord my God, 
listening to the cry and to the prayer that your servant prays before this day, that your eyes may be open night and day toward this house, the place of which you have said, My name shall be there, that you may listen to the prayer that your servant offers toward this place, and listen to the plea of your servant and your people Israel, when you pray toward this place, and listen in heaven your dwelling place, and when you hear, forgive. If a man sins against his neighbor, and is made to take an oath, and comes and swears his oath before you, and the altar in this house, then hear in heaven and act and judge your servants, condemning the guilty by bringing his conduct on his own head, and vindicating the righteous by rewarding him according to his righteousness. When your people Israel are defeated before the enemy because they have sinned against you, and if they turn again to you and acknowledge your name and pray and plead with you in this house, then hear in heaven and forgive the sin of your people Israel and bring them again to the land that you gave to their fathers. When heaven is shut up and there is no rain, because they have sinned against you, if they pray toward this place and acknowledge your name and turn from their sin when you afflict them, then hear in heaven and forgive the sin of your servants, your people Israel, when you teach them the great way in which you should walk and grant rain upon your land, which you have given to your people as an inheritance. If there is famine in the land, if there is pestilence or blight or mildew or locusts or caterpillar, if their enemy besieges them in the land at their gates, whatever plague, whatever sickness there is, whatever prayer, whatever plea is made by man or by your people Israel, each knowing the affliction of his own heart and stretching out his hand towards this house, then hear in heaven your dwelling place and forgive and act and render each of those hearts you know according to all the ways, for you, you only know the hearts of the children of mankind that they may fear you all the days that they live in the land that you gave to our fathers. Likewise, when a foreigner who is not of your people Israel comes from a far country, for your name's sake, for they shall hear of your great name and your mighty hand and your outstretched arm, when he comes and prays towards this house here in heaven your dwelling place, and do according to all for which the foreigner calls to you, in order that the people of earth may know your name and fear you, as do your people Israel, and that they may know that this house that I have built is called by your name. If your people go out to battle against their enemy, by whatever way you shall send them, and they pray to the Lord toward the city that you have chosen, and the house that I have built for your name, then hear in heaven their prayer and their plea, and maintain their cause. If they sin against you, for there is no one who does not sin, and you are angry with them, and give them to an enemy, so that they are carried away captive to the land of the enemy, far off or near. Yet if they turn their heart in the land to which they have been carried captive, and repent and plead with you in the land of their captors, saying, We have sinned and have acted perversely and wickedly. If they repent with all their heart and with all their soul in the land of their enemies, who carried them captive, and pray to you toward their land which you gave to their forefathers, the city that you have chosen, and the house that I have built for your name. Then hear in heaven your dwelling place, their prayer and their plea, and maintain their cause. And forgive your people who have sinned against you, and all their transgressions they have committed against you. And grant them compassion in the sight of those who carried them captive, that they may have compassion on them. For they are your people and your heritage, which you brought out of Egypt, from the midst of the iron furnace." Let your eyes be open to the plea of your servant and to the plea of your people Israel, giving ear to them whenever they call to you. For you separated them from among all the peoples of the earth to be your heritage. And you declared through Moses your servant 
when you brought our fathers out of Egypt, O Lord God. Now as Solomon finished offering all this prayer and plea to the Lord, he arose from before the altar of the Lord, where he had knelt with hands outstretched towards heaven. And he stood and blessed all the assembly of Israel with a loud voice, saying, Blessed be the Lord, who has given rest to his people Israel, according to all that he promised. Not one word has failed of all his good promise, which he spoke by Moses his servant. The Lord our God be with us, as he was with our fathers. May he not leave us or forsake us, that we may incline our ears to him, to walk in his ways and keep his commandments, his statutes and his rules, which he commanded our fathers. Let these words of mine, with which I have pleaded before the Lord, be near to the Lord our God day and night, and may he maintain the cause of his servant and the cause of his people Israel, as each day requires, that all the people of the earth may know that the Lord is God, there is no other. Let your heart therefore be wholly true to the Lord our God, walking in his statutes and keeping his commandments as at this day. Then the king and all Israel with him offered sacrifice before the Lord. Solomon offered as peace offerings to the Lord 22,000 oxen and 120,000 sheep. So the king and all the people of Israel dedicated the house of the Lord. The same day the king consecrated the middle of the court that was before the house of the Lord, for there he offered the burnt offering and the grain offering and the fat pieces of the peace offerings. Because the bronze altar that was before the Lord was too small to receive the burnt offering and the grain offering and the fat pieces of the peace offerings. So Solomon held the feast at that time, and all Israel with him a great assembly, from Labo Hamath to the brook of Egypt, before the Lord our God seven days. On the eighth day he sent the people away, and they blessed the king, and went to their homes joyful and glad of heart for all the goodness that the Lord had shown to David his servant and to the peop- to Israel his people. Second Chronicles chapter 5 Thus all the work that Solomon did for the house of the Lord was finished. And Solomon brought in the things that David his father had dedicated, and stored the silver, the gold, and all the vessels in the treasuries of the house of God. Then Solomon assembled the elders of Israel and all the heads of the tribes and the leaders of the fathers' houses of the people of Israel in Jerusalem to bring up the ark of the covenant of the Lord out of the city of David, which is Zion. And all the men of Israel assembled before the king at the feast that is in the seventh month. And all the elders of Israel came and the Levites took up the ark and they brought the ark, the tent of meeting and all the holy vessels that were in the tent. The Levitical priests brought them up. And King Solomon said to the congregation of Israel, who had assembled before him, were before the ark, sacrificing so many sheep and oxen that they could not be counted or numbered. Then the priests brought the ark of the covenant of the Lord to its place, in the inner sanctuary of the house in the most holy place, underneath the wings of the cherubim. The cherubim spread out their wings over the place of the ark, so that the cherubim made a covering above the ark and its poles. And the poles were so long that the ends of the poles were seen from the holy place from the inner sanctuary, but they could not be seen from the outside. And there they are to this day. There was nothing in the ark except the two tablets that Moses had put there at Horeb, where the Lord made a covenant with the people of Israel when they came up out of Egypt. And all the priests came out of the holy place, for all the priests who were present had consecrated themselves without regard to their divisions. And all the Levitical singers, Asaph, Haman, and Judathan, and their sons and kinsmen, arrayed in fine linen with cymbals, harps, and lyres, stood east of the altar with 120 priests who were trumpeters. And 
it was the duty of the trumpeters and singers to make themselves heard in unison in praise and thanksgiving to the Lord. And when the song was raised with trumpets and cymbals and other musical instruments in praise to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. The house, the house of the Lord, was filled with the cloud so that the priests could not stand to minister because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan, Your Part. If anything stuck out to you, if you have any questions, or if you'd like to receive a Bible, you can email us at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us through the link in our description. We love that you're on this journey with us, and we hope you have a great day. See you tomorrow.